Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with Brendan Escott and Kellen Kennedy. Guests and orders now receive gift certificates to Roost Chris Steakhouse, whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring the night of the town. Every meal's an occasion at Roost Chris Steakhouse. Tell Chris and Chef Eltaf that Oilers Now sent you. Quickly, in the Oilers Now injury report brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Should mention, Roost Chris is open Tuesday through Sunday, by the way, uh, from 5 p.m. until close and open at 4 o'clock on Oiler Midday game or midweek game days. Oilers now injury report for James H. Brown injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. I wonder if Trent Brown's going to pull off the Stoffer Moon triple header on Saturday. That's right. We're going to do the triple header. we got the Oilers in Nashville, and then Cam and me are going to make our way over to Footfield to watch the Golden Bears and the Huskies in the Canada West semifinal. And then after that game, we're going to go to Claire Drake Arena and watch the Golden Bears and the Huskies. Um, I think Alberta dropped to 7 or 8 in the uh, U-Sport football rankings. Golden Bears hockey team currently ranked 3rd. All right, let's do it. Uh, we're going to bring aboard for Wow Factor Desserts. Indulge with their premium lineup, including heavenly cakes, cheesecakes, and so much more. Check out their complete lineup at wowfactordesserts.com. Wow Factor Desserts brings you former NHL player, GM, and agent Brian Lawton. Hello, Brian. How you doing? Doing fantastic, Bob. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We just had Sam Gagne on the show. His third tour duty with the Edmonton Oilers organization. Uh, was in on a PTO, as you know, after the, the, the uh, double hip uh, surgery. Had five points in three games down in the minors. The Oilers uh, put Adam Ernie on waivers uh, today at noon, which led to some speculation. People thought maybe it was Raphael Lebois coming up. But it really, the opportunity that's there in the short term is in a bottom six and really a fourth-line role right now, um, which I think it's understandable. You want to give Lavoie a little bit of runway when the time comes that he forces his way up. But give me your uh, perspective on the uh, recall. Well, obviously, uh, you know, Sam is a great story. It'd be amazing if he could make it back, be healthy, and contribute to this team. He's, he'll be forever associated with the eight-point game there and a lot of other things. The World Junior Tournament for me specifically, way back when, when the Oilers took him in the first round. But uh, that would be a great story. Uh, the, the Adam Ernie waivers, uh, I'd say, I haven't talked to the Oilers about this, obviously, but I'd say that's probably appropriate. It wasn't necessarily working the way you would have hoped. Uh, clearly, the, the Oilers need to get some contributions from their bottom guys. Last year was a great story with them with a number of players that crested that 10-goal mark. But uh, they've got to get back to that in a lot of ways, and everybody's focused on the goaltending and the defense. But when you're the general manager like Ken Holland, you got to be looking at all aspects of the team at all times. 
I thought that LaVoy might be the guy that gets the call. He's played really well in the Niners. Yeah, and he has size. Uh, it's funny. Uh, the Oilers have, you know, between an entire third line right now, Dylan Holloway, Ryan McLeod, and Connor Brown, they don't have a point. Uh, and then Yanmark did miss missed the last game. I don't think he's going to be quite ready yet for Thursday against Dallas, but he doesn't have a point this year. Ernie didn't have a point. Derek Ryan got an assist on an empty netter. That was the first point out of a bottom six forward all season for Edmonton, and we're eight games into the season. As you know, Brian, last year, the Oilers, Vegas, and Seattle were the four, uh, three teams uh, in the playoffs that had... 12 10 plus goal scorers at forward. So Edmonton has not had. The Oilers have had a lot of challenges this year. They, they couldn't keep the puck out of their own net. They uh, switched to a bit more of a modified zone. Obviously, you watch the game, uh, the Heritage Classic. They didn't spend a lot of time in their own zone against Calgary, but they were not playing the same system. That was quite apparent. They were much more aggressive in their pursuit of the puck and played much better. Uh, but they've not had that firepower. And I just wonder if Lavoie, if it might be at a little bit later date when the team's humming along a little bit better and Gagne, just because of his experience, I, I think in Lavoie's case, you want to give him 12 to 14 minutes a game of runway, whereas a guy like Gagne at this stage, much like Derek, Eric Ryan is probably better set and better suited to play seven to ten minutes. Yeah, I, I agree. Sam's going to get it. He's going to understand right away as a veteran player what the club is looking for from him. I think he's in a position in his career now where you know he just he, he knows how to fit into a club. He knows how to deliver what's needed. There's a lot of versatility to his game. I mean, really, he could still potentially pop up and play with some of the teams leading offensive players, and yet he could play a lockdown role in a third-line position or a fourth-line role, give you exactly what you need. not going to run anybody over or maybe bring you a physicality that Ernie or Hawaii will bring. But at the end of the day, uh, it's just about this team getting on track, feeling good, building off that last game against Calgary, in which they did look significantly different. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I think that's... You know, I, I used to interview coaches, obviously, as a GM, and I was always interested in one specific answer, and that is, do you build your team to play the way that you want them to play or play the way that takes advantage of their strengths? And I do think that's what Edmonton needs to do. They're a fast team. And they play best, in my opinion, when they're playing a little bit more instinctual, but they have a lot of structure. And that's the difference. You can play instinctual and not have any structure and look terrible. You can play instinctual and have structure and look great. Interestingly, Dallas will be a great test for them because everybody knows how they play on a nightly basis. Yeah, second of a back-to-back. The Stars are in Calgary the night before. All right, so how much of it was – how much of it – by the way, for you watch it obviously off of TBS, TNT. Um, what did you think of the game? Like visually, how did it look? And what else did you observe in terms of what we saw? Uh, visually, the game is beautiful. You, ha- you, you always come away thinking that. And yet, logistically, I always come away thinking, man, I wish we could figure out a way just to move the game a little closer to the fans. It doesn't always work in stadiums. And I've covered tons of these things. The Winter Classic, outdoor games, the last uh, the Heritage Classic between Edmonton and Winnipeg. Uh, I've been to a lot of them, uh, worked in the media, covered the games, and it's just such a great event. It's really something that the NHL has been able to build upon, 
Uh, but but I'm always just a little bit challenged on actually watching the game. And I say that as somebody that's been covering the game, generally doing color. Uh, it's not easy, depending on the location. But other than that, you know, who doesn't love these outdoor games? They've been a huge hit in the United States. It's definitely something different. Uh, I've done them in all types of conditions, from super warm to super cold. Uh, they never seem to disappoint. The players seem to love them. Uh, so I definitely think it's something that will continue to see into the future. Uh, can you educate our listeners? Brian Lawton joining us for Wild Factor Desserts. Who makes the money off this? Because they charge a lot for the tickets. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one thing that uh, fans don't necessarily understand. This is a league event. Money is, you know, essentially spread throughout the league. There's a formula that everybody gets. We, you know, we got this my first year in Tampa. We were over in Czechoslovakia playing against the Rangers. Similar type event the way it's treated. The home team does not get to keep, you know, these gates, and the gates are quite large. They get to keep, you know, an algorithm, we'll say, without giving away the NHL secrets that kind of predetermines how much money they can keep. Anything above that goes into the league pot. It gets divided out amongst the other teams, and that's just the way it is. Um, You know, it can come across aggressive in some markets because – because of the uniqueness of this event, it doesn't matter if it's a winter classic, a heritage classic, or an outdoor game. You know, they're they're aggressively priced, and uh, I've heard a lot about that being at games from fans. You know, I'm just there to cover it. My stock answer was, you got to talk to the bosses at the NHL. Yeah. That's above my pay grade. Uh, but I don't think people understand that. Uh, that's just the reality for the game. The NHL puts a lot into it. You know, obviously, they're taking care of the ice. They're setting it up. They've done these a lot. They do an excellent job. Uh, but I have heard a lot about the games are expensive. Absolutely. All right. Uh, the Oilers uh, played with greater defensive urgency. They weren't giving up as much time and space. Uh, they had played more of a modified zone to start this year after playing a bit of a hybrid last year. It's interesting, right? Like Boston and Vegas play zone for the most part. Carolina plays straight man. And Carolina ate Boston apart. Well, they didn't eat them apart, but they won the home games, and that's all that mattered a couple of years ago in the playoffs when Cassidy ended up getting fired out of Boston. So it shows you can win either way. Mac T's point that when he was on yesterday, it's all about the execution. It doesn't matter what the system is. you got to be able to execute. I think that's a fair assessment. i got to ask you, though, how much of it was Edmonton and how much of it was what Calgary wasn't doing in the Heritage Classic on Sunday, Brian? you know what, I just, you know, you have to evaluate each separately. When I looked at Edmonton, I just felt like they played much better than they had been playing. They're much more aggressive. I don't want to say they looked relaxed. Um, they just looked more engaged. When I look at Calgary, obviously they were missing Rasmus Anderson. That's a big loss for them. But the impact was bigger than just him. They've got some challenges. This wasn't the standard battle of Alberta in terms of you, know, you can say what you want about Daryl Sutter, but they were always emotional games ramped up to the hilt. I didn't get that feel from Calgary in that particular game. It's only one game, so you can't read too much into it. But, uh, no, it, did, it didn't feel the same to me, and part of that could be attributable to the outdoor game. But um, ultimately, I've watched Calgary a couple other times, 
and uh, it's a little bit of a transitory period for them, in my opinion. What do you do? If you're Craig Conroy, the GM of the Flames, they're sitting there. They got Elias Lindholm up front, uh, and then on defense, Noah Hannafin. Uh, there are multiple reports today saying that both the Hannafin and Lindholm discussions have now gone quiet, as the Flames decide what to do. That doesn't even include Tanev, and frankly, Nikita Zadorov's become a pretty good defenseman and a big defenseman that can skate and make plays. And we've seen how valuable those guys are in the playoffs. I mean. There's four pending UFAs there. What do the Flames do, Brian? Well, I think secretly every GM would like to rebuild. <laughs> not me, I'll tell you that, because I didn't enjoy it at all in Tampa. It's not a lot of fun. It's like turning the Titanic. It takes, certainly when you're managing a club, it feels like it takes forever. There's different types of rebuilds. You know, a lot of people are saying, you know, what about Anaheim? What about San Jose? Those teams are in two completely different cycles, and yet they're both rebuilding. Anaheim is stocked with young players. They have really good processes that are in place. Uh, you can see their drafting and development is strong. San Jose, on the other hand, it's a completely different ball game. Mike Greer and David Quinn, uh, you know, they've got a lot of work to do there. A They'll lot. get it done. A lot. Yeah, it, 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 it's a lot. It's significantly different, yet sometimes they get grouped together. Uh, to put that or apply that to Calgary is you have to dig down deep into exactly what they've got underneath. So you have the right people in the right areas in the organization. A lot of things about managing are just figuring out how do you structure the organization to make sure you can empower people to A, work together, and B, do their jobs. And all teams are not created equal. When you don't have it, it can significantly change the trajectory of a rebound. I think Anaheim's done a really nice job. I think Pat, Pat Burbank's done a nice job. I think San Jose's got some work to do. Well, you look at Anaheim, and last year, Brian, they had the high-scoring defenseman, uh, Owen Zellweger, in the uh, in the Western League, and they had the highest-scoring defenseman in the Ontario League and the Quebec League, all in their organization. I think the one kid in Mitkinov is he's up right now. So, um, you know, Zellweger's, and that doesn't include Drysdale, who missed most of last year, was represented by Jeff Jackson. You know, a real good Team Canada caliber puck moving right shot D. So, they got that. That there's something like they've always had defense, Anaheim. Think about it. They might have protected the wrong defense when uh, Vegas came into league and they let Shea Theater go, but they seem to be able to find defense, those guys. Uh, no doubt about it. And, yes, they had the three winners in all three leagues last year in terms of the top defensemen. Uh, Tristan Luno is on the roster, and we're not even talking about him. He's still just 19 years old. I'd imagine he'll make it to Christmas time with them, probably end up in the World Juniors and see what happens after that. Uh, Jackson Lacombe, this is a guy I watched a ton at the University of Minnesota. He's not one of those guys that's great, but he's kind of like a, uh, a Kenny Morrow, a guy that plays the same way as he did at the level below and is just as effective. Uh, and then kind of the icing on the cake for Anaheim is that Leo Carlson is a real player. He's good. This guy's gonna be a, he's going to be a monster for them. I love the plan they've employed. It's been a little bit misunderstood that they're resting him and not playing him. I don't think it's as much about that. There's some people there that work with us in Tampa. Uh, I know exactly the way they're thinking. 
uh, it's more about making sure that young players are able to train properly, which is not easy to do in the National Hockey League where we, we basically kind of color everybody exactly the same when they get there by virtue of if you were good enough to make it here, then you have to be good enough to figure it out. But I think Anaheim's taking the right approach. Leo Carlson, just a little bit light, can skate with virtually anybody in the NHL, but uh, he's got to put it, put some strength into that body in order for him to be the player he's going to be. So, you know, that's what I'm talking about when I say Anaheim, to me, is an organization that has a lot of processes in place to be successful. Uh, you know, when you're looking back at expansion drafts and things like that, yes, you could say Shea Theodore, but those were different people making those decisions. I think if they clean everything up, that's a team that'll be right back into the mix where they've been essentially prior to the last three or four years for about 10 years, which is at the, the top of the conference competing year in and year out. Brian, we'd be remiss uh, without talking and wrapping up with what transpired with Adam Johnson uh, over the weekend over in, uh, you know, in the EIHL. Uh, tragic. I mean, played at that powerhouse Minnesota Duluth program that uh, under Scott Zanlin that's won a couple national championships. Um, I did not know that uh, net guards were not mandatory in USA Hockey. I did not know that. Um, I think we're this is probably going to be the come the proverbial come to Jesus moment for a lot of uh, hockey organizing uh, bodies out there, isn't it? absolutely think that's correct. I can tell you I played, I don't know, six, 700 games as a professional, probably another three, 4,000 games as an amateur. Never wore a neck guard, never thought about it. But it's a little bit like when we made helmets mandatory for coaches in the United States. A lot of people were calling people like myself that were pros and saying, you can't want this, Brian. This is stupid. You're a pro. You don't need to wear a helmet in practice. And I looked at every single person that called me in the eye and said, you absolutely need to make the coaches wear helmets. It's just common sense. A lot of people didn't know I had a high school coach that got run over from behind by a player that cut his legs out and stood his skull when a bunch of us kids were the only adults at the rink that day. Uh, so I take it seriously. I feel the same way about neck guards. I coach all my children in amateur hockey. Uh, my kids wore neck guards, even though I felt differently. It's just common sense, and I really think it's going to come to roost with US, USA Hockey because of this. I know it was a pain in the rear end for kids to not lose their neck guards when they weren't mandatory, but it's just a risk that no amateurs need to take. So I, I do hope that gets changed. I'd be completely in favor of it. I know all the reasons why people would say you don't have to do it. I don't care. I think you got to protect the athletes. Uh, you got to educate parents. This was a horrific situation with a horrible outcome. It doesn't matter if I never thought about it. In 3,000 games as a hockey player, it happened. It's serious, and I hope it gets corrected. Well stated. Brian, thank you for your time. It was great seeing you in uh, Minnesota last week. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. You bet. That is Brian Lawton, who joins us every Tuesday on Oilers Now for Wow Factor Desserts. Indulge with their premium lineup, including heavenly cakes, cheesecakes, and so much more. Check out their complete lineup at Wow Factor Dessert. Time. 
Time. That's wellfactordesserts.com. Time for Oilers, the last game day trivia, even though it's not an Oilers game tonight, for the month of October. It's presented by Pro-Am Sports. Fan cave and fan gear specialists for all budgets. All correct answers this month are entered to win an 11 by 14 frame photo signed by the three Edmonton Oilers Stanley Cup champion goalies, Andy Moog, Bill Ranford, and Grant Fear. Visit proamsports.ca to check out Pro-Am's entire inventory of amazing sports memorabilia. Here we go. It's You might have been able to figure this one out, because we alluded to it. Sam Gagne had an eight-point performance against Chicago during the 11-12 season. The Oilers actually scored more goals in a game earlier that year. They beat the Hawks 9-2 at Rexall Place. Name the, Edmonton, the current Edmonton Oiler who had five assists in that game in the 9-2 victory. Text us, 780-496-0063, on the Ashley Fine Floors text line to be the winner. We'll take a quick timeout and come back with NHL Today for Elite Promotional Marketing. You're listening to Oilers Now. We're up to about uh, 87 texts here that have come in in about a minute and a half. We'll give the winner the trivia question again for our friends at Pro-Am Sports. You didn't give me the winner. That's the problem here. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I have a hunch who it is. Okay, so who got I thought you knew. Uh, <laughs> you weren't here. Where were you in 20, uh, 2011, fall of 2011? 2011, I was in grade 11, Westside oh. Secondary, Kamloops, PC. Longest three years of my life, grade 11, <laughs> so look at it that way. At least you made it out of there. Look where you are now. Oldest joke. It's the old Jeff Foxworthy routine. You know you're a redneck when you refer to your grade eight as your senior years. So there you have it. All right. Uh, The correct answer was uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Which player had... a five-assist performance in the Oilers' 9-2 victory against the Chicago Blackhawks in the fall of 2011-12. There. Okay, well, that being the case, Hanan has won the, nice, the prize nicely tonight. Done. That's Oilers game day trivia for Pro-Am Sports fan, cave and fan gear specialist for all budgets. Uh, Pro-Am Sports. Check out Pro-Am's entire inventory of amazing sports memorabilia. Here we go at proamsports.ca. Into NHL today for elite promotional marketing. Elite promotional marketing, Drew Shamahorn and the staff, your local branded merchandise specialist, head to ElitePromoMarketing.com. Go, Brendan. Okay, let's try and squeeze this in because we do have a couple of games live right now. Ooh, neither one of them has started yet. The Maple Leafs getting set to host the Kings and the Canucks are hosting the Nashville Predators. Otherwise, uh, where should we go? Calgary is bringing up Connor Zeri and putting all contract negotiations on hold. Charlie McAvoy suspended four games for hitting OEL in the head. Uh, Bakersfield taking a 3-1 and record into Saturday's home game against Coachella and the Oil Kings home to Moose Jaw on Friday, Medicine Hat on Sunday, while the Bears will entertain Saskatchewan, both on the ice and the gridiron. There you go. Have it. All right. Awesome stuff. Off to a global news weather traffic update with James Dunn at 6 o'clock when we return at 6.05 from the Oilers Radio Network or Inside the Game Analyst, Rob Brown. You're listening to Oilers Now.